test test. I think my name is working. Are you, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's on. It's going. Oh, okay. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining us on this unprofessional beauty podcast. Here, nothing gets off limits. So come with us as I take off my lab coat. And I let down my hair where professionals get unprofessional and talk about some real shit. Let's go. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode two of the Unprofessional Beauty Podcast. I'm Bethany, a med spa owner, an aesthetic injector, and a nurse practitioner. And with me, I have Avery. Hey, y'all. I'm the esthetician and laser technician here. Today, we want to talk about what to look for in an injector, an esthetician, and a laser specialist. So um, I'm going to start off if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So when it comes to an injector, what to look for? I think most definitely 100% you want to look at their licensing. You want to look at their credentials. What are they saying they are? Are they a nurse practitioner? Are they a registered nurse? Are they a medical assistant? Are they an esthetician? Are they a... I don't know, master injector, because in the state of Texas, there is no credentialing for master injector. You want to look at their before and after pictures. I am very, very, I don't want to say judgmental, but I do scrutinize before and after pictures to see if they have been altered, if they have been photoshopped, if they have been skewed in any way. And a lot of times, I feel like when you're looking at them, those before and after pictures have had blemishes blurred oh yeah some alteration to the picture and for me personally I will not alter a picture or photoshop a picture Mm -hmm. I've had clients who have asked me hey I love my lips I would love your I'm definitely okay with you posting my before and afters on my lips but can you can you fade out my acne around my lips and I'll tell them no because if I start altering acne blemishes what's that to say about my credibility and what else I'm altering for a consumer or someone looking at my my um, my page. I also want to point out, if you're not going to a provider, a nurse practitioner, physician associate, a doctor who is injecting you, the first time you see that injector, they should be having a good faith exam performed on you. That is when a prescribing physician sees you, whether it be via telemedicine, FaceTime, or in person, they do a thorough history with you, a thorough past medical history, surgeries, treatments that you've had done in the past, and they also do an assessment on what your concerns are and what is the right treatment. They are also able to dose you at that time. When we talk about dosing, not everyone requires the same amount of units. Sometimes I'll have, you know, I could have the same three women coming in that are both 30 years old, same background, same everything, and they all three may require different amount of neurotoxin injected into their face because of factors such as their skin elasticity, their muscle strength, oh, yeah. their goals, what they're trying to achieve with the neurotoxin. So getting a good faith exam when the provider is not a prescribing provider is essential and that's something to look for for validity in your injector as well i think what a lot of people don't understand is that you're doing just that like you're dosing someone Mm -hmm. and every person who walks in could potentially have different um different units or require different amounts and so whenever you go to someone that isn't doesn't have like prescribing authority that's when they're kind of teetering that line of like not going outside their lane and like not working in within their practice and that's the thing that I think is a little just outrageous to me that 
I, as an esthetician, I have no medical background other than, like, working with Bethany. Like, I don't know anything. I've never stepped into outside of anatomy when I was in college. Like, the fact that I could go in there and someone said, oh, yeah, it's okay for her to, for, okay for her to do this. I have no authority to tell you, like, how many units you need. The, that, I feel like that's the really important thing when going and seeing an injector is what are your credentials and who says it's okay for you to poke a needle in my face because you yeah. need to trust someone who's poking a needle in your face. It, and like I said, um, there are some great esthetician injectors out yeah, there. There's yeah. some great nurse injectors out there. But Texas, we are going to say this till we're blue in the face. Texas is the wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. So literally anyone can be injecting your face. And they may not even have a medical background. I've seen some practices that they have their bachelor's in like human studies or something. They're not even medically trained in aesthetics or um, healthcare. And they're able to do this. So again, it's just knowing who's seeing you, knowing their background also having them have a provider see you before they touch you um that good faith exam is required in the state of texas to be done at least one time annually so one time once a year before they inject you is a very big thing and you also want to look at how many years of experience this person has what you know did they just start yesterday did they pop up overnight what what is their background in job ask them I've had many clients ask me that and it's not offensive it's not anything the client wants to know and they want to get to know you before they form that relationship they deserve to know the the consumer deserves to know and I think that's the one thing with Texas being like we said the wild wild west that is one thing that you as the consumer have to be knowledgeable and no one ever tells you that no one you don't think like whenever you're going to get a medical procedure that oh I should probably ask who's slicing and dicing I should probably ask them um what their credentials are and like what makes them okay to (laughs) to do this and I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration so Avery what would you recommend that needs what what would you look for an esthetician and a laser specialist so I'll start with being an esthetician. Um, honestly, really, it kind of goes a little bit more on the like relationship side. I get so sick and tired of just like the kind of shaming that goes around skincare. Um, I hear a lot of people are like, I they're hesitant to tell me things that you know. Oh, I, I don't wear my SPF every day, and you know that does hurt to hear. But also, like I'd rather you tell me that than me just like assuming that you wear SPF every day when really like I'm putting you on a retinol and oh I don't know that and it's all because you didn't feel like you could comfortably yeah. tell me something. I definitely think there's a balance between not a balance it's a complete difference between shaming the client yeah. and education yeah. yeah you know telling them the whys yeah. behind what we do and why mm-hmm. we make our recommendations instead of just being like oh my gosh well you know I can't believe you just said that correct. oh my god I'm gonna like pretend I didn't hear that you know that just it makes it makes the patient not want to tell you anything if you come into my room and you're like oh yeah I have these blemishes on my face. I'm like, okay, are you a picker? And you're hesitant to tell me that. That, like, I'm not doing my job 
correctly because it's only going to hurt you in the end if you are going home and like, oh, I'm picking and, you know, I just had a chemical peel and now I'm going to give myself post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation all because you felt like you couldn't tell me something. Um, I would rather you, you know, teach you how to pick safely, um, you know, taking the right precautions, making sure you wash your face before and after. Are you going to use Q-tips? Are you going to wrap your fingertips in gauze or toilet paper or something like that? Are you going to do a pimple pack? You know, different things like that building a relationship with your esthetician is and feeling like you can tell them your deep dark dark and dirty secrets about your skincare or honestly like your personal life too like feeling like you can tell your esthetician those personal things is really really important another thing with your esthetician is a make sure licensing duh like every esthetician wants to be licensed um and if they're touching your skin you want to make sure that they're wearing gloves, washing their hands, using hand sanitizer, just like being sanitary. There is nothing worse than like going to get your, I don't know, lashes done and realizing, oh, like your past client just got up and you didn't like change the sheets or you did, you're not going to change the pillowcase or anything. Like that's disgusting. And it's one of the first things that you learn in being an esthetician is sanitation. And just point blank, you need to make sure your shit's clean. So let me ask you, Avery. In the state of Texas, I'm not sure if the consumer knows this. Yeah. In the state of Texas, a nursing license can be looked up on the Texas Board of Nursing. Mm-hmm. Is there a way for the consumer to look up an esthetician license that way? Oh, you know, I don't actually know. I don't actually know. I would I would say that I know that it has to be on display. Okay. Um whether you're a laser technician, professional laser, anything like that, esthetician, it has to be on display. Um, but I don't know if you would be able to like look it up anywhere. Um, I'd imagine like maybe TDLR in tech, if you're in Texas or like your licensing website um, in your state, you would probably be able to look it up. But I actually don't don't know that the answer to that question. So help us um, help us with what to look for in a laser specialist. Yeah, yeah. So. Everything that I mentioned above, make sure their shit's clean. Um, (laughs) You want to make sure that your laser specialist is asking you, if anything, two questions. Are you on a retinol, Accutane, anything like that? And what is your ethnic background? (laughs) And I don't ask that question out of like, because I care um, if you're one or the other. It's, I need to know what lasers I can work, like what lasers I can work with, because I'll put it this way. My partner and I, I am, my my ethnic background, I'm Polish and just white. Um, my partner is German and Cajun. So he's like Creole. Um, whenever he goes out in the sun and I can go out in the sun, we can put on the same SPF. We can go out in the sun the same amount of time. He will turn intensely brown and I turn red like a lobster. And I say this because our skin, our DNA is programmed to tell our skin to react differently to the sun. Yes, we're going to turn brown. I eventually turn brown, but there are some people who don't. They will stay red and they will stay red until it fades. The reason that this is important when it comes to lasers is because I can only work with certain wavelengths with my color skin, with 
um, my partner's colored skin and with someone who is, um, you know, a, a person of like indigenous background, um, Asian skin is very different. Um, people who are African American, their skin is very different and it reacts differently to energy. Point blank, the first question that your laser specialist should ask whenever going into an appointment. Are you on Accutane? Have you started any antibiotics? Are you start, Are you taking a retinol? Anything like that. Um, and what is your ethnic background? Um, another thing to look for in a laser specialist, A, licensing, duh. B, also that um, they're taking their time to explain what the hell is about to happen and how your skin's going to react to it. I don't think a lot of people understand that a laser is a controlled burn. I'm essentially licensed to burn your skin or your hair or kill your hair follicles or whatever laser I'm working with. I'm essentially licensed to do that and I do it in a way that is controlled. Um, you don't want Joe Schmo off the street having access to this. That is just another, just reinforcing the consumer needs to be educated. It's just something that you need to look for whenever you're looking into like laser services or something like that. So definitely something to take into consideration. Um, do your due diligence, stalk them on Instagram, whether it's an injector, whether it's an esthetician, whether it's a laser specialist, because you want to make sure that you're going to jive well with them and that you feel comfortable asking them, asking them questions. I definitely think it's also worth mentioning that if you have someone who is not like with the Texas Board of Nursing or with any Board of Nursing or with the um, medical board in general, the medical uh, for physicians, if they're practicing outside their scope, there's really no one to hold them accountable. Mm. Um, unfortunately, if there's estheticians, medical assistants, um, any lay person really that is injecting, the TDLR is not going to hold them accountable, which is the Texas Department of Regulations for estheticians, because that is... TDLR does not work with prescription medications, yep. does not work with medications at all. So they're not going to hold them accountable. So if there's to be an adverse event or anything, God forbid anything happened in a vascular occlusion, you want to think who will hold that provider accountable mm -hmm. should something go south with my face. Yeah. And that's where it comes back to having a provider that is medically trained, who's a, a physician who's a provider you know with the board of nursing with the medical board who will hold them accountable and, and they are following their guidelines to know that safety is being in place yeah the worst thing that you want to happen and not to like scare anyone but into like not getting your neurotoxin or anything like that not to do that but when shit hits the fan and it's not an if shit hits the fan it's a win it's yes, a when shit 100%. hits the fan you want to make sure that the person again poking a needle in your face or you know zapping you with a laser or having a scalpel to your face you want to make sure that they're going to be cool calm cucumber when that does happen so that's again reinforcing do your research and that was really the impetus for why we kind of got on this platform and I'm just so sick of nothing being said about it. Like, why it, Why are people not Yeah, it, it's very unfortunate. There are states, um, Florida, for example, who has moved to where you have to be a nurse practitioner, physician, physician associate, or a 
doctor to inject. Mm-hmm. You cannot even be a nurse in the state of Florida to inject. And I quite personally think all states need to move that way yeah. due to safety, due to regulation, guidelines, and, you know, just for clients to know they're in safe hands. Yeah. Um, again, there's bomb-ass estheticians who are injectors. There's bomb-ass nurses who are injectors who aren't prescribers. But you still want, I, I personally believe you need to be a provider to be injecting medications into the face. As always, if you have any questions, you can completely reach out to us. You can always research your state boards, nursing guidelines, medical boards, what their recommendations are. That's all public access. It's not hidden. It's not, you know, just for medical providers. Anyone can find that. Um, all right, guys. Well, on next time, we will see you. We will be talking about medical grade skincare. What's the hype? Um, it's time to go out and be your most unapologetic self. We'll see you later. Bye, y'all. Bye.